0: folks welcome back we are the dropouts this is our podcast i am joined by my good friend jt jt we got a new friend we got a new buddy yeah, yeah. A, a special guest man that, no not uh, a special guest from, brand new cast member well, to the dropouts well yeah he, he's been <laughs> he promoted from,
1: uh, yeah he came from uh overseas to to join us so.
0: yeah yeah he's back at State, that's so. right so uh, the new voice you're gonna hear with us, guys, is name is Corey. That's his name. That's what we're gonna call him. Alright, I think that'll work. Corey, what's up, buddy? How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, guys. Appreciate you invite me on.
0: Heck yeah! And uh, hopefully, Corey's gonna be a regular contributor. He is a dog fan, so absolutely Go yep, dog. That was at the top of his resume, and he's <laughs> gonna be sharing. He's gonna be dropping some serious knowledge on us as we continue to pod this cast. Is that how you say that? Or do you cast pods? I don't know. I've never actually broke up the word.
1: I think you can go either way with it. You can <laughs> pod the cast or cast the pod. I think tonight we're going
0: to cast the pod. Next episode we'll, we'll pod the cast and then, you know, we'll do it that way.
1: After the, after, after the week that we've had, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever well, you want to do. Yeah, we're going to get
0: into that and, yeah, we're going to relive that whole nightmare. Uh, but before we do, check us out on Twitter. Uh, find us there. Follow us. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your podcast: iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever. Just please subscribe so you can see when we release new content. So, guys, can we? We're going to talk about the SEC as a whole, uh, among other teams, but can we focus on Georgia just for a little bit? And I think we have to. Yeah, I think we have to because as dog fans, especially on dog fans that have a podcast that says we talk about the SEC, we have to be unbiased, as best as possible, and objective. And how do I put this nicely? Georgia sucked Saturday.
2: Oh, it was pretty horrible, man. I can't remember a game quite that bad.
0: Yeah, I, I don't yeah, either.
1: It's uh, it was pretty ugly. That kind of ranks up there with the Vanderbilt loss back in 2016. Kirby's
0: first year. They got us at home. Oh, homecoming. The yeah. Homecoming yeah. I believe as well. That's right. Got us at Homecoming. Yeah, that was bad. This one was just felt so far worse than any other loss I remember as a Georgia fan. And, and I, don't, I don't I don't know why.
1: Even that one wasn't as bad because we were
2: supposedly supposed to be ranked number 3 <laughs> in the Yeah. Yeah. On the score on it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that
2: that makes a huge difference. I mean, yeah. you know, you're talking back in Kirby's first year, I mean, I know everybody had great expectations for him, but he was a new coach. Now he's, you know, a fairly tenured coach in the SEC. You make it a couple years in the SEC, and, you know, you're expected to perform a little better.
0: Right. And you know what? we got to give South Carolina due credit, right? Will Muschamp had his team ready to go. They game plan. Oh, man, they they played tough. Yeah, they did. That defensive uh, line was a sneaky good matchup.
1: They came out, yeah. and, you know, the old proverbial saying, you got punched in the mouth. Well, they uh, they punched us in the mouth, and
2: they kept on punching. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> repeatedly. That that was the yeah. difference there. You know, I think Notre Dame punched us in the mouth, but uh, South Carolina kept up the barrage of punches.
0: They really did. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Corey, and then I'm, we'll deflect to JT after this. What is going on with Georgia's offense from a bird's eye view? Do we know enough you know, about it to, to really give a fair assessment?
2: I don't know that I could give you a fair assessment. I can give you my personal opinion. And, and you know, we talked about this before, and I watched the game first as a fan, and then I, I like to watch it objectively. I like to, you know, pull the fan, pull my heart out of it. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you what my personal opinion is that I really, truly believe that Kirby has – too much involvement in the offensive play calling. I think that Kirby is an absolute genius on the defense, and it shows. I mean, the defense is stout. They, they're, you know, a well-machined. The offense is is extremely vanilla, and, and this is not what we heard coming out of camp
3: no.
2: when James Coley was promoted. All we heard from all the kids, all your skill players, was how Coley was opening up. He was throwing to the tight ends. The backs were catching out of the backfield, and we've seen – None
0: of that, or at least not on Saturday. No way. I, I to, to me personally, I've not seen any of that all year, and I think JT yeah. can attest to this. I've been critical of Georgia's offense, and not not necessarily critical at first, just kind of like, wait, wait a minute, this is really, really pedestrian. What's happening? And, and JT convinced me with a compelling argument. Now nah, they're just saving it. You know, they're they're working their way to week four with Notre Dame, then they're going to open it up. And when they didn't, you I was know,
2: like, I, I, wow. I was under the same impression to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it made I, sense. Maybe that was wishful thinking, you know. Yeah. But
0: JT, what's it, your
1: I opinion? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of along the same lines. I yeah. mean, I was expecting bigger things from Coley, um, you know, with all the talk and everything else of you know the players. And uh, but I think DeAndre Swift kind of said it best in his interview. I mean, he just put it out there point blank. I mean, he said they need to open it up more, um, and I agree. Uh, right. And if you if you look if you look back on on certain plays, um, we had slants which we were, I mean, we're always good on slants, mm-hmm. always. And we were working the sidelines. Well, South Carolina took the sidelines away from us.
3: Yeah, um, you couldn't do
1: the, that with a with a six
2: four corner.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. all the back shoulder throws. I mean, they took the, they took the sidelines away from us. But it, they left the slants wide open and and, and Fromm did not use his check down on the slant. No. He was still trying to throw the shoulder throws.
0: Fromm did have a uh, bad day.
1: So and, and that was uncharacteristic, you know, of, of Fromm. Yeah. Uh, but I mean you, you look at you look at the I mean you look at the totals, you know, from the game on paper and the the totals on the game, total yardage, I mean we we were just shy of 500 yards you know in in total yards yeah which that's that's not bad well i mean but the problem the problem was that is is we attempted 52 passes right that's that's, that's not our game
0: i don't have that, an that issue uh, I, yeah i don't have an issue with 500 yards of offense my problem is jake from had to throw it 51 times
2: Right, right. And we all all saw that, you know, looming stat that ESPN loves to put up there that when Fromm throws for more than 30 right. to throw more than thirty times, we're 0 and four, now 0 and five.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, DeAndre <laughs> Swift had a team or had a career high carry of twenty three. He carried it twenty three times and yeah. just did get over hundred yards. Well,
2: now now that doesn't bother. I no. mean, because I come from the school of Georgia football, you know, if we're handing it to the running back thirty times, then hey, it's a normal Saturday. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Well I, I, I kind of I tend to lean towards what Tory was saying earlier, and I think I can't remember who I discussed. Might have been both of you guys off air. That I remember Kirby Smart saying this, and I don't remember now which game it was after. It might have been after the Notre Dame game where he said they were having trouble getting the plays off quick enough to Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense now when you think about it that maybe Coley up there in the in the box is making the play call. It's going through Kirby. Kirby's saying, no, I don't like that one. We're changing it, and that's what's the stall. That's where the stall is happening, and like Corey said, Kirby's just got way too much involvement with the offense when he just needs to focus on defense and let Coley and staff do their job. That's well, you know, Hudson
2: came out and said the same thing that you just said. He said the same exact thing, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to get into Hudson Mason's Cornerback ability or lack thereof, oh, but yeah. he has been on that same sideline. Right. And, you know, he, he said the same thing. He echoed the same sentiment that you did that, you know, Coley's calling a play, Kirby may be changing it, and this time it's got to get from on the field. You know, you've right. got a graduate assistant that has to call it in to from. So, you know, there, there's a lot right. there and a lot that can break down, and and the time obviously doesn't help, especially when you've got a clock running.
0: Yeah, and I, I hate to sit and here in armchair quarterback Kirby and Coley, but it's hard not to.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you sit here, you, be, you you're trying to be subjective as a fan, um, and when you when you see that, and, and everybody talks about Fromm, you know, okay, mm-hmm. Fromm is he's, he's pretty much NFL ready. So if you're having that much difficulty getting a play in, you know, under the two-minute offense, I mean, Fromm pretty much makes the decisions why not put a little bit more on Fromm to let him start making those offensive decisions? Because,
3: Well, I, especially I can, with the say,
1: success that he has in the hurry up. I, right. That's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. If you put more success or, or put more more on him as far as calling the plays, I, in my mind, there's no doubt that, that the offense would, would be more productive. Um, hmm. But, you know, it's just – it's hard to sit here and, like, say, you know, because I'm not a coach. Hunter, you're not a coach. No. Corey, I mean, it's, we're just – we're fans, but we try to be subjective on what we see. I mean, we're pretty knowledgeable about the game. I won't say I know every single thing, the ins and outs and all that, but, I mean, it's just uh, it's just hard to watch when you've got uh, offense as potent as our offense is and, and the athletes that we have, and we're not using that. Right. It's, it's very, very frustrating to, to sit back and watch. And
0: I think the
2: argument—it's definitely frustrating as a fan.
0: Yeah, and I think the argument can be made that there have been years in the past where the expectations for the Georgia Bulldogs just has not equated or equaled the talent that existed on the team. That's not the case anymore. You know, it's we, not, the, it's the expectations not, and you, and you that exist. And bring that on yourself. Yes, and I don't know if he's handcuffing the offense. Or why he's handcuffing that? It doesn't make any sense to me. And again, we're all speculating here. Maybe we see something different in Kentucky. We've heard every week, "Oh, we got to be more dynamic. We have to be more explosive," and then we don't see that. So maybe, maybe we see that against Kentucky this Saturday. I hope so. You know, we're favored big I to hope win this so one. Too.
2: Well, that hasn't boded well for us lately. But one no. thing I will say that leads me into the reason that I believe what I believe is: yeah. Coley's not a new coach. He, you know, he's a new coordinator in the NCC, but he's not a new coach. Look what he's done at Miami look Mm -hmm. what he's done at Florida State those offenses were a whole lot more prolific than what we've got going on right now
0: yes and he he's fixed and and at face value he's fixed the red zone uh, offensive woes that we had remember last season we had a lot of trouble scoring in the red zone I remember yeah
2: I remember seven downs on one play in Florida
0: yeah and I'm gonna get yeah and I'm gonna get this probably these numbers wrong but our average points per game last season was 35 and I believe we're up to 38 this season. So the numbers have we, improved. We are. Yeah. And we're not bad. Like JT, like JT said on paper, we're not bad, but it's just not translating the wins. And these slow sluggish right. starts are just, they're killing us. Um, I want to address.
1: i tell you, let me, let me throw yeah. one more thing in there. What's frustrating to me is, 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 is our offensive line, um, the play of our offensive line. Um, you know, we're supposed to have, or, or we do have, the biggest offensive line in the country. Right. Um, bigger than most NFL lines. Um, but for some reason to me, it's, they're not, and I, and I don't know what it is, they just don't have that, um, I guess what I call uh, a mean mentality. Um, it's just like they're they're not – they're not bullying defensive lines like, like I think they should. Well, it kind of reminds me, I, I don't know if you guys remember, back in 96, um, it was in the Ron Dane time at Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Back then Back then, for an offensive line, I think the, the smallest guy was like 6'5". Um, they were 6'5 and above and, you know, 300 and some odd pounds. I think they averaged like maybe 300, just well over 300 pounds, like 302 pounds or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which, which back then that was that was big. Um, and I think we played them that year, if I'm not mistaken, in the Outback Bowl. And they were talking about how their offensive line is so much bigger and, you know, they were going to just push our, our defensive line who was very small and everything gonna push us around, but I remember talking to somebody, I was like, Look, they're big, but just because they're big doesn't mean they're fast and I said, and our defensive linemen will will get around that.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: that seems to be what's happening to our offensive line. These smaller defensive lines are just beating them to to certain spots. Um, well they
2: can't there's, they can't recover from it.
0: Right. Well,
2: Go ahead. I Blair. will say something I will say something that I saw this weekend in particular. You know Georgia was – the offensive line was doing a lot more zone blocking than I've mm-hmm. seen them do before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't successful, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't – when they – when it was a, a, a designated run, they got some push occasionally. Now, again, you're not going to get a push every single snap and be able to run between the tackles every single snap like it appeared that Georgia was going to try and do. Right. Yeah. And let's not forget now – when we say smaller defensive linemen for South Carolina, we're not talking about scrubs. I mean, these are guys playing in the SEC. These are, these are starters in oh, the yeah. SEC. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. oh, yeah, these are yeah. Sunday players.
2: So, so you've got you've got a great combination of size and speed. However, we are supposed to on the offensive line as well. It, it's not just about the size. Like Jason was saying, these guys are five stars for a reason because of their footwork, because of their hand speed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and – I'm of the same mindset that – and going back to talking about Kirby handcuffing the offense, I think that that's exactly it. Kirby thought that these guys were going to go out and just bully everybody and run everybody over.
0: And I think a lot of – and somebody asked DeAndre Swift a very interesting question, I think it was one of the guys from Dawg Nation, um, about how often these offensive linemen are being rotated and does that mess with the continuity. And I believe he gave a really good answer. Like, yeah, it probably does. Like, it doesn't affect the running backs. But it certainly affects the offensive lineman. That, and you couple oh, that with the fact that Cade Mays has played all spots on that offensive line with the exception of center.
2: He played his fourth well, spot
0: on Saturday.
2: And that's why they rave about him. Right, is because versatility. He is the guy that can do that, and right. that takes a special breed of player. Now, to go with that point as well, you've also got a guy, this is his first year as a center in the SEC. And Trey Hill. Yep. In Trey Hill yeah. And we saw You know We saw last year When he had to come in And Had some issues With the snaps yeah. We saw a bobbled snap This year So mm-hmm. You know Typically Your center is gonna Kind of run things As far as communication Well, yeah. Now you've got a guy In there that doesn't Have the experience Of your All-American Left tackle
0: Losing Solomon so, Kinley so, yeah. Right now Kind of hurt uh, oh, absolutely. In that regard. But you know, we, we've also had Isaiah, Isaiah Isaiah Wilson has not been 100% healthy. Ben Cleveland's not been 100% healthy. Andrew Thomas right. has been an anchor. But Andrew and Cade can't do it by themselves. So there's some issues absolutely. up there. I don't think it's a lack of talent or even a lack of coaching, but I do think injuries – and maybe we're rotating just entirely too much.
2: Well, and that goes back to what we were talking about. The only reason you don't see – georgia run the hurry up more than they do is because those big those big uglies need some need oh yeah some breathers yeah they do yes yeah, they need spring, right. you know? makes and, sense and though so we've got they've got to rotate in and out even without injury if you're going to run that hurry up
0: yeah hey can we address this little this inter- you know there's been a lot of I'm just, i don't want to use the word stupid there's been a lot of weird narratives yeah. around georgia this year beginning with justin fields and how he's lighting it up at ohio state did kirby st- keep the wrong quarterback that whole you know ridiculous narrative The new one now, which kind of surfaced a little bit last year, is the comparison between Kirby Smart in his first four years and Mark Ritt in his first four years and how they're so eerily similar with maybe even a slight edge to Mark Ritt, even though Mark Ritt never played for a national championship. Am I on an island when I say this is just the most ridiculous and nonsensical comparison that's being made because number one, they're saying it like it's a bad thing. Mark Ritt had great yeah. success as the first four years as a head coach of, uh, of Georgia. And so was Kirby yeah, Smart. You look,
2: you look back at yeah. that, and, and like you said, that's not a bad thing. I no. mean, most people in the country, most top programs in the country, if they changed out head coaches, would love to have somebody come in with either Kirby Smart's resume currently as a head coach of Georgia or Mar- Mark Rick's resume, as you were talking about yeah. in his first four years. So, no – I don't think it's a bad thing. However, I don't think it's a comparison that it is a good comparison. No. My feeling on it is, as you said, Kirby has played for a national championship. Mark Rick didn't. No. Now, 2012, we were five yards away, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but just look at the recruiting. Look at the atmosphere. Look at the the former players that are coming back. The buy-in that Kirby Smart has. I mean, the energy around the Georgia program is electric. I mean, even after this. Stunning loss. It's, mean, still I I, it's still there. I don't, it's still there. I just saw something today that said that uh, Georgia is the only team in the SEC to have sold out every game this year. 100% every team, attendance. Every game. That's insane. 100% attendance. That's so, crazy. At, that's where I see a difference. It's just across the board. I mean, the talent that he brings in, you know, again, I loved Mark Rick. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark, it wasn't Mark Brick's first four years that caused him to part ways with Georgia or Georgia to part ways with him. It wasn't his first four years. It no. was, you know, 15 years. And with no national championship. Right. But and- what
1: happens, let me ask you this story. I'm, I'm so at you. If we continue to recruit at the level we're recruiting and we continue to not, Make it to the national championship game, even though we have, you know, we did make make it one year. What happens to Kirby? Well,
2: you've got a double edged sword there. You know what Kirby can bring in. Do you risk getting rid of Kirby, bringing in somebody else, and hoping that they're the recruiter that Kirby is?
1: You know, if you're I mean, not winning, if you're not winning with the talent that you're bringing in, yeah, but what, what, define
0: not winning because I'm, I'm I'm I don't want to be one of those guys who. <laughs> consider a 10 win season unacceptable
2: right you know what i mean i mean well i mean you you know i if you recruit at the
1: level we're recruiting year in and year out Mm -hmm. the talent that we're bringing in these other schools don't have that but yet you see them in the college football playoff you see them playing for the national championship. Yeah, but these schools have you know, always
0: well, recruited better than Georgia up until Kirby got there. Right. And, and let's back that
2: up. Let's back that up just a little bit. You're you're right in saying that these other schools get there, or these other schools may not have quite the talent that Georgia has right now. But the two teams that have been there the most in the college football playoff are Clemson, and Alabama. Right. They recruited well or better every year, year in year out. And frankly. Okay. There's no other conference that's got a tougher road to the national championship or to the college football playoffs than the SEC. And Without call me a question. homer, but you know, look at Clemson this year. And I'm not taking anything away from Clemson. Clemson's the defending national champion, but they, at this point, and on their upcoming schedule so far, they will not play a top ten ranked team. No, I don't even know. The last time I looked, they weren't even scheduled to play a ranked team. I can't. Ranked team.
0: trying to think of the rest of their schedule. I don't think they play a ranked team the rest of the season. Unless now, something and now
2: ob- obviously, that can change. Rankings change. People right. start to turn it on. People start to lose off. But, I mean, just look at look at that as, okay, Clemson recruits as well as Georgia, and they have a much easier, easier route to the playoff. If you want to go, you know, obviously that's about the easiest right now. I think Ohio State's path to the playoff is, is much easier. I mean, in the Big Ten, Michigan's not doing a whole lot. Penn State's going to be tough. Wisconsin's going to be tough. But there, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State, there you have three in the Big Ten that could potentially upset each other or, you know, make it to the college football playoff. Right now, even with Georgia's loss, you have four or five SEC teams in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every one of them's got to finish their SEC schedule.
0: You know, I'm glad you the brought problem. up Clemson, Corey, because if you really want to think about it, how long how long has Dabo been there? He was he started he was interim coach for a little while, but 2009 was his first full season. Is that right?
2: I believe so. So believe it really so.
0: wasn't until that many years of recruiting and recruiting and winning, because he didn't have a great head coaching record. I don't think he had his first winning season. I think he had a winning season in two thousand nine, but then it went like twenty eleven. He went ten and four, and then eleven and two, and then eleven and two, and then it was in those years when he was building that depth. He was building those staffs. You know what I mean? And, and absolutely, no one gave and up on Dabo at Clemson. And I think we as fans have to understand: Kirby's not just he's not just doing short term bursts here. He's looking at long term wealth. Absolutely, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bursting.
1: And, oh, I know, I know. By no means, you know, I'm, and and I guess I think I think Kirby and, and staff is doing a phenomenal job. Um, and you know, would would we be where we're at if Rick was still there? No, it's hard to say. No, though. no. I, I don't no. know. No. I don't know that. You know, somebody there's, there's said.
0: No so I had a, a a conversation on Twitter earlier today about oh well, Mark Ritt would have played in the college football playoff had there that been the format back in the day. Well, maybe maybe not. We don't know, right? That. But here, here's another well, well, thing that Kirby has had to, has there was had to a contend couple with. We, well, yeah, maybe 2002 when he won. There,
2: there, there was a couple times. 2002, potentially 2012, when you know Alabama and Georgia played the SEC right. championship, which ended up being the de facto national championship. But remember, and, you
0: know, at, at the died. end of the regular season, they have a whole little selection show, and that one loss right. they had to South Carolina week two or whatever it was in 2012 could have haunted them. Coupled that with a loss in the SEC championship, they may not get in. We've right, seen that right. happen, you know? I'm just,
2: you know, and, and we're being hypothetical here, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking about something that wasn't there at yeah. the time. I want, I want to go back to something real quick, though. Okay. I think it's funny that you, you brought up Dabo because that is a comparison that I'd be willing to make. You want to make a comparison, you know, everybody wants to make the comparison to of Kirby Smart. It's either Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban, Kirby Smart yeah. versus Mark Rick. A more logical comparison would be Dabo and what Dabo did at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Dabo, if you look at the first four years of Dabo at Clemson, you look at the first four years of Kirby in the SEC and you look at on paper and cover their names, you're gonna take Kirby. You're gonna take what Kirby did. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. everybody and, talks and about the, the
0: Nick Saban of now, not the Nick Saban that started in ninety five, who had first Maybe. who had exactly. four losing records, four losing years his first four years.
2: You can't take Nick Saban of now and pairing to Kirby Smart of now. No. It's first not fair. Kirby Smart's Kirby Smart's a first time head coach. Nick Saban, prior to getting to Alabama, already had a national championship, had been a head coach for many years. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Including stops in now, the NFL. It,
2: it, and and now is is, I mean, arguably the best college football coach in history. So you can't exactly make that comparison right now. You know, give Kirby fifteen years. And then, if you want to make the comparison, you want to compare apples to oranges. Then, then go right ahead. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's fair the criticism that Kirby is drawing with that. No. Now, the criticism on, on, on what his team did Saturday. Sure, he earned that's, that. It, that's getting your just dues, buddy. Yeah, I buddy. Mean,
0: yeah. I agree with that, but and it's mainly opposing fan base saying, "Oh, this is Mark Ritt 2.0," which is, again, it's asinine to I me mean, because, like, okay, cool, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I don't Again. see where the bad is here. We we, you know what I mean. Especially in Mark Rich's first, arguably his first, really eight years was actually pretty good. Yeah, and, you know. So,
2: and and I'm gonna float this out there to you. Float it on, man. If, if Kirby Smart wasn't potentially available, what are the chances of Mark Rich still let Georgia?
0: That's I mean that's a fantastic question.
2: Yeah. Because. Kirby Smart's name was always the first to pop up. Yep, as defensive coordinator and winning national championships with Saban, every coaching position that opened up, it was Kirby Smart if he wanted it. Yep. I mean, and, and that's any school across the country.
0: South Carolina was even was was shopping Kirby Smart before they landed on Muschamp. He, did, but Absolutely. Kirby did not want South Carolina. He wanted Georgia.
2: Absolutely, he wanted yep. Georgia. It, yep, and see that's one of the things too. Now this is where I will put my fan blinders on because. I'm going to tell you the fact that this guy played between the hedges, gave it everything he's got, still loves his, his university. Like he does. I mean, that just makes it so much better. That's also yeah. probably why he can sell you on the same
0: university. Yeah. And, and I, it why too, I, like does. it is also that reason why I believe we will be, he will be bringing home a natty to Athens.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: So
1: it's, it's going to happen. You know, oh, yeah. It's going to take, it's going to take some time just like anything else. You know, it's going to take time to, to build the, um, to build that army that like he wants, um, but you know, as soon as it gets there, man, it's it's going to be it's going to be beautiful. And you know, something else no.
0: Kirby Smart's had to deal with here in year four. He's already had to replace such a huge chunk of his staff based on hireaways. Yeah. Oh yeah, Martin Ritt never had. To, y'all remember Brian Schottenheimer? My oh gosh. yeah,
3: oh
2: yeah,
0: yeah yeah. He, he couldn't. Martin Ritt couldn't ever get the OC right after Bobo left, no. and no, you know, know you
2: know. I know that we, we have to be careful bringing up that name, you know, around dog fans, but
0: you know Mike Robo 40, yeah. forty points a game. Yeah, man. His numbers <laughs> yeah. were there, dude. And you know, and you remember Willie right. Martinez and Todd Rantham and Oh yeah. You know, oh, Jeremy yeah. Pruitt was a great hire, but he didn't you know, whatever. All right, so here here's the next question probably the last thing we'll talk about with the dogs. And I don't think all right. Are the dogs chances for the playoff completely out?
2: Oh, absolutely not. I agree. No, and they're not. now, they're not mathematically. Now, if they come out and continue to play like they played this weekend, yeah, they're done. Right. But mathematically, and in the eyes of the the voters, no, the committee. I, I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't if think you so. if if you win out, you're in. There, there's no questions asked. You're not going to put. You're not going to not take a one loss SEC champion and keep them out of the 14th playoff
0: JT what say you do yeah. you think Georgia can pull this off
2: um, do I think they can pull it off
0: yeah can they Can uh, they run the I, table and win out as the same way they did 2017 2018 the schedule is tough Florida or Kentucky Florida Auburn Mizzou a and M.
1: I I mean I think it is possible yeah um, we have got we've got our work cut out for us I will say that I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I will and, say this: Jake uh, Fromm is going to have to be near perfect for this to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a a, a very tall task um, to to recover from this because mm-hmm. you know you look back and and everybody's comparing it you know to the Ohio State uh, back in what sixteen when they lost or was it when was that when they lost to Purdue. It was sixteen yeah, it was or seventeen.
0: Out. I believe it was seventeen.
1: Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. And they were and they were left out. Well, that was an ugly, ugly loss. Yeah, it was. Um, and this it
0: wasn't at home.
1: Was an ugly loss. Yeah. But it was at home.
0: And Georgia's number yeah, one at well, the time.
2: Let's let's look at it this way though. Look at the numbers now, granted. You lost to an unranked team at home. That makes it ugly right off the bat. The score doesn't make it ugly. South Carolina continues to win. Doesn't make it ugly. That's exactly right. Just
0: remember, right.
2: If, Just remember if, this: if they if turned, if, if Carolina's turned the page and they
1: start playing ball, I mean, if they start playing good football, then yeah, that
2: kind of swings a little bit in our favor. This may be their springboard. Well, think, about, think about this: Carolina gets a shot at Clemson at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, every year. And Clemson,
1: and Clemson, to me, is not what they what they have been.
2: Yeah. Well, no, their whole defensive line from last year, from that national championship team, is playing on Sundays now. Yeah, they're all and that in is the One of that national championship. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's
1: that's that's what was exposed against them with with uh, with Carolina. Well, like we said, Georgia's
0: Georgia's path to this is not easy. That's a perfect segue to go ahead and get this out the way. Uh, Florida looks really good. I know they lost to LSU, but I hope you guys watched it because that was Dan Mullen. Whatever you want to say about him. He called a masterful game.
1: What well, looks good? What looks good with Florida is their receiving core. Their
0: receiving core is good. Kyle Trask is very core. good, though. Kyle Trask. Now yeah. he did make some bonehead throws, but you know, so did Jake Fromm. So does every quarterback. But Kyle Trask looks really good. Mm-hmm. He does Kyle look Trask
2: looks good, and and you know, you never want to see a kid hurt. Nope. You know, and I'll, I'll throw that out there first.
0: I know what you're but about to say, and I feel, forward, I feel I feel dirty I, saying it.
2: I, know, I do too, but especially from my point of view, you know, as a trainer in, in sports, but yeah. the I never want to see a kid hurt. But that may have been the best thing that happened to Florida season. Now, with saying that, you know, I wish Felipe Franks all the best, hope for a speedy recovery. I, I just hate seeing a kid hurt. But yeah. this trash kid has definitely, definitely given them an edge, you know. Yeah, yeah. But how much, how much of it is, for one thing, that defense is pretty nasty. They get their offensive ball back pretty pretty regularly you know they force a lot of three and outs they force a lot of turnover they get the ball back to their offense right the only thing that scares me about Trask, if i'm a florida fan is as jason said those receivers are tough well the one thing that i've seen from Trask, and i and i didn't watch the entire lsu game so i'm shooting from the hip as far as the lsu game but what i've seen from Trask so far is that he relies on those playmakers' playmaking ability a little too much. And I, what I mean by that is he almost throws it up and, hey, go get it, guys. That's exactly and, what I exactly. it's, it's going to be a 50-50 ball.
0: Right. And, and it's not been, always the case.
1: They've been, bringing those, they've been bringing those 50-50 balls down. Right? Yeah. But he, yeah. he has oh,
0: left yeah. a lot of his receivers kind of susceptible to big hits. Now, you know, and that happens yeah. from every team. That's not just Florida. That's not just Kyle Trask, knock. Right. Kyle Trask, right. in my opinion, has been very good. Very efficient and has flourished under Absolutely. Dan Mullen. However, what concerns me about Florida's offense is the lack of run game. Lamical P. Ryan yep. can get nowhere. Now he has these bursts.
2: He had an 80-yard well, burst he, against
0: whoever uh, Auburn.
2: He's also been playing with some with some injuries since the Auburn game. Well, right. I think prior to. Well, even before the Auburn game, but
0: he's been he's been less than impressive. But and I don't right. think the rest of the schedule that Florida has that they're going to be able to survive on passing alone. The biggest reason for Georgia, for Florida's success right now is their defense. Absolutely. Without question. Absolutely. But they continue they, to they have do. injuries. Z- yep. Zuniga yeah. went down against LSU with, a, like, a high ankle sprain. Um,
1: and that's yeah, this been bothering him for a while. Hasn't yeah, it?
0: and I think Greenard actually maybe had an injury. but Yeah, he, Greenard,
1: dude, I think he's got a high injury.
0: And And he's, he's a monster. C.J. Henderson's been pretty oh, yeah. good. Marco Wilson's good. I mean, they have – and then Kyle Pitts, which is on the offensive side of the ball, most, one of the most athletic tight ends in the game right now. Fant- I mean, just insane what he's really able to call, do.
1: Can you really call him a tight end? He's a flex fan. <laughs> they they use him a
0: lot in fletch. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I mean, he yeah. is, and that's what he is. He's fantastic. So Florida yeah. is a real threat. Um, Arguably, probably right now, as you guys are going to hate me for saying this, I would say they're the front runner for the East right now.
2: Oh, you have to say that. Based I on mean, play, you know, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: With the way they've been yeah. playing, for sure, for sure. Yeah. You have, You'd have to say England. that right now. Well Corey, you mentioned you mentioned probably the best thing for Florida and, and you like I said you hate to see any kid injured, you hate to see him out. Um but probably the best thing that did happen for them was Frank's, you know, getting injured. Um thus saying and I hate to compare them with, with Georgia, but two thousand seventeen when Easton went down and Fromm came in.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. They, Best thing could have happened to Georgia. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like they're they're setting up
2: a, a similar season with that, you know. Right, right.
0: Well, remains to be seen. Dan Mullen has, like I said, he called a masterful game up until a certain point in his tennis. Then the, the play calls got a little weird, and I know weird play calls because I'm a Georgia fan. And like the <laughs> the the one that ended the game, which was basically, it looked like it was going to be an option and Caltrass kept the ball and kind of did this really, really super awkward fake handoff to no one, like he froze, and then he started running, and LSU was having none of it. And it was 42-28 to 28 at that point, so I'm not really sure. It was just a weird play call. Not saying that Dan yeah, lost the game. It was LSU who is just, I stand by my prediction, JT and Tory, I don't know if you heard it, I call LSU to beat Bama this year. And that is going to be one of the most exciting games of the season, I, I think cannot it is for that and
2: and I and I think it's going to be unlike LSU and Bama games of the past that we've relied. It's going to be high scoring. Just uh, yeah, we've we've seen these overpowering defenses. These you know nine yeah. to six games, nine to six finishes. Uh, neither one of them have their characteristic brand of defense this mm. year, or offense. I, it yeah, well, yeah, well, that's a good thing for both of them this yeah. year, though, because both of them. Both of their offenses, you know, almost remind you of some Big 12 offenses with the yards and the – I like They're Joe Burrow
0: up. so much.
2: Joe, Joe Burrow for Heisman, man. I, dude, man no kidding, I, man. I, if, if I'm a Heisman voter, I, I'm, that's my pick right now. And, right now. And it, yeah. just, shows, it, it just shows you what, what the right people can do because Joe Burrow didn't pan out at Ohio State. He went to LSU. Mm-hmm. LSU last year, you know, he had some good wins. He had to win against Georgia. He uh, but he he looked average to slightly above average, and now we're talking about him as a front runner for Heisman. Joe you know, Brady, Brady and Joe Brady. Yeah,
0: man. Hey, between Joe yeah. Burrow and Tua, I like I said, this matchup I'm getting chills right now thinking about it, guys. I and mean, I'm not a fan of either one of these teams. You know what I mean? But just Jalen oh, Waddle th- or uh, Jerry Judy, I think, scored two touchdowns in one possession the other day. It was insane. I, I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. Th- these th- well, the offensive numbers these teams are putting up is ridiculous. Now I will I will kinda of bounce
2: this back real quick because it's something that I wanted to bring up while I go. Let's look at both of these teams. Now you know, you, you just mentioned Burrow yep. and everything that he's doing phenomenal. Tua has been anything has been everything, you know, he's been phenomenal. But Georgia was able to slow him down and Hurt broke our hearts. Yeah. But uh the, Look at the, what he's doing to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely. The uh the two the thing that these two teams have that nobody else in the SEC, if, if the country has, is the wide receiver core. Yeah. I mean, you look at Alabama, Jerry Judy is the top five pick. I mean, you look at anybody's big board, they've got him as top five pick. You mentioned uh, Smith. Waddle. You mentioned Waddle earlier. You've got yeah. Devontae Smith. I mean, the, these guys, man, these, these receivers for LSU and Alabama are insane, the, the yeah. groups that they have. Yeah. And I brought that up to bring it back to this. Look at the receiving core, of Georgia. It was a huge question mark coming into the season. It's still a question mark, especially now. I mean, Cager's hurt. He's mm-hmm. you know he's been a bright spot as a transfer. He's I will been pretty good as a transfer. Yep. Now, one thing that I saw huge. I mean, even the announcer said it. And not that I put much faith in the analysts on TV nowadays because some of them they throw out there you know are just tough to listen to. But all receivers could not get separation. No. Oh, no. Now, you've got Cager. He's a big guy.
0: 6'5". You know, yeah. Jump
2: ball threat. You've got uh, uh, Pickens. Big guy. Jump ball threat. But remember in high school now, Pickens ran a 4'7", 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's not your typical outside burn the house down, you know, Mm -hmm. take it to the house type of guy. He's going to be your jump ball, your fade guy. Mm -hmm. Right now, the only real speedster you have are, you you know, you've got Demetrius Robertson, you've got Dominic Blaylock. The problem I have, those two speedsters in the slot, James Cook, when he played in the slot, those guys were getting separation. The slot guys, as Jason said earlier on the slants, were getting separation. Mm -hmm. Our guys on the outside were not, and that's from his go-to throw, that back shoulder throw. My thing is, and this goes back to play call on, if we're not getting separation, we, are we running bad routes, or are we just not running very, you know, very good routes, or are, yeah. and, you know, are we running, you know, a, a middle school playbook?
0: I think because far the, the the inexperience. As far as our route tree. Yeah, I think the inexperience of Pickens and Blaylock probably <laughs> have a lot to do with that. But yeah, rudimentary route trees, you know, nothing complicated. But like you said, we're gonna have to start challenging the, those sidelines a little more because we can't depend on slants. Eventually, that's gonna get eat up too. But oh yeah, you got oh, yeah, go to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully Kyrus Jackson comes back and is able to contribute. And, and of course, you got Matt Lander still there too. But uh, George Pickens is going to be give him another year. Same with Domino Bailey. Oh, uh,
2: oh, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah. when those guys get to get to perform in the role that they're made for, the role that they were recruited for, mm-hmm. and you know, you you've got. George, George Pickens comes in looking like a Calvin Johnson, as far as body type, body size, speed. You know, he he he's very very comparable to Calvin Johnson.
3: Yeah, and, he really is.
2: You know, I know, and I'm not saying the career that Calvin Johnson had. I'm saying body type.
3: Mm-hmm. But uh,
2: but Calvin Johnson ran great routes.
0: Well, I'm Calvin double. Johnson
2: wasn't the fastest receiver out there. He had to get open.
0: I'm gonna double down on something right here, JT. All right, double down. I told you that if something happens and, and Georgia does not go all the way, and by all the way I mean a natty back in Athens, Jake Fromm will be back. I stand by that. I say it again.
3: <laughs>
0: Jake, I, I just – I just, I don't know. Something about the kid just makes me think this university and Georgia winning the national championship means more to him than NFL money. Because I think right well, now – Well, I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope I'm right. Yeah. too. Because I don't know who's behind him. Well, I do know who's behind there, him. There, but... well – well, the
2: guy behind him right now, the guy that's number two right now, will not start and 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 play and get Georgia to the national championship. Yeah. I mean
0: there will be a serious uh, I've seen drop the kids,
2: off. I I've seen the kid play since middle school. Great mm-hmm. kid. Love the kid. There'll be a serious drop off. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for one thing, the guy's, you know, five eleven. Jason said earlier our average
0: offensive lineman. You, is, you know, said that like that five. was a bad thing, Corey, five eleven. <laughs> so see I'm anywhere well, between six one and six four, depending on what convenience store I'm walking out of. Yeah, I'm
2: uh six two usually on the ones that have my po- pictures posted anyway. Yeah. But uh but, you know and and to be honest, you know, Stetson, you know, if you're listening, don't uh don't shoot me. But 5'11 is being pretty generous with Stetson. Yeah, well he's yeah.
0: he's got that uh, yeah. curly fro going. So that adds a couple of That's lunches. right, that's right. So, yeah, Stetson Bennett right from right down the road. Hey, one more thing before we we'll take a little break. Uh, there's a sleeper in the East, and no one's talking about him, but I said him at the beginning of the season that Mizzou was going to be a threat for the East. I stand by it, guys. I'm not I'm not done with Mizzou yet. I know Wyoming well, was I, embarrassing, but they are quietly building what could be a championship season for them. Not necessarily the well, next actually, championship, but –
2: yeah, well, you've got a couple issues there. First off, you've got their uh, their sanctions. So well, even yeah. if they were to go to that point, they're not, you know, going to anything. Hopefully, post-season. those get
0: lifted. Yeah. yeah,
2: and secondly, uh, I think Kelly Bryant's doing a phenomenal job there, but he's having some injury issues. Yeah, and, he is. You know, who's behind him is not yeah. at all you
0: know. Yeah, and I have you know, no, no I don't I know his name. Saying. I can't remember his name, but I have no confidence in the guy behind Kelly Bryant.
2: Well, when you know, typically when you bring in a transfer quarterback and he starts immediately, you don't have any confidence in the guy behind him. Right. I mean, for yeah. for Mizzou to be for Mizzou to be successful, for them to be
1: in the in the question or to answer the question, Kelly Bryant's going to have to be healthy. He's going to have to play. Hey guys, Absolutely. quit, quit
0: you know, peeing all over my dream here with logic. <laughs> What's happening?
3: Hey.
1: You know, that's what, you know, that's what I do. You're, you're the negativity and I'm the positivity. I was being positive
0: about Mizzou and you come in with the negativity. So, (laughs) sir. Well,
1: Hey, reverse roles, man. Yeah. There you go.
0: (laughs) Bottom line is, is we're Georgia fans guys, obviously. And we're not going to give up on the dogs. We think there's a path. They can get it done. Do they get it done? Well, that's another story. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of this, we're going to do some picks and predictions. So hang around. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, man it's been raining we finally get some rain down here in south georgia guys and that's been wonderful uh for two reasons one i haven't had to go outside doing a yard work which i wouldn't have to do anyway because of my good friends over at jd's Landscaping. they take care of all that for me grass gets cut the sidewalks get we they weed it they trim my hedges if i have irrigation problems they can fix that they can put in a new one whatever you can think of that has to do with a yard JD's Lance we can take care of it. They also sponsor podcasts, which is what they've done with us. We really appreciate that. So give Trey Heath a call, 912-271-6320. We really appreciate them sponsoring our show. So, guys, let's do some picks real quick for week eight. It's week eight. I know. That's crazy, yeah. Yes. And I know this is this is kind of a long week because most teams are getting two by bi- or long year because they're getting two bye bi- weeks. But gee, week eight? Come on. All right. It doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't seem right. There, there's some really good matchups coming up uh, for this weekend. Um, let's start off here with this one for the SEC. Uh, Mizzou travels to Nashville to take on Vandy. Mizzou is favored right now by 21 and a half. Listen to the over and under here: 56 and a half.
3: Oh,
2: wow.
0: Yeah. Now I have no issue with Mizzou t- covering 21 and a half on Vandy, but 56 uh, and a half.
2: I'd take I would take Mizzou straight up. I'd
0: take Vandy with the point. Okay. Yeah. All right. So both of you, Vandy with the points. I'll take Mizzou to cover. All right. It's interesting. Here's one. This is one of my favorites. And Michigan is going to Penn State. Penn State is favored right now by nine. The over and under is forty five and a half. J T, who do you got?
1: I we're gonna find out how good Penn State is or either how good Michigan is or how bad Michigan is Uh or how bad Penn State is. (laughs) Um, They're playing uh, you said they're playing at Penn
0: State? They're playing at State College.
1: All right, State College. Um, Alright. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going I'm I'm gonna go with Harbaugh,
0: man. Dang gummit! Go I with, wanted to uh, be the one that picked Michigan. Okay, fine. No, man, no, no. Corey, you going Penn
2: I, State? Uh, I, I'm going Penn State to cover. In yeah. fact, I uh, and I'm gonna tell you, man, I'm impressed. I think Penn State's the real deal. I think they've got you know they've got an offense that's clicking. Their defense is is, is good enough for the Big Ten, buddy. I uh, I don't have any faith in Michigan. I know Michigan's had an up and down season already, and I just think uh, Penn State looks like the model of consistency right now. And yeah. And I think Penn State's going to cover at home.
0: I have to agree so. with Jason. I'm going to have to say I'm taking Michigan in an overtime win. All right. Boom. I'm covering. I'm calling that. And I believe they go uh, the under. I don't want uh, that hit yeah, 45 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'd definitely take the under. But I'd take, uh, I'd take Penn State to cover.
0: All right. So Kansas is going to take their – football team they're going to go to texas texas is favored oh. by 22 they're over and unders at 61 mm. Whew. A, do, do, we, do we put the longhorns yeah. on upset alert here does less miles go in and take one
2: yeah. you No, know, i uh i've got a lot of respect <laughs> for the Mad Hatter, but i i don't think kansas is there i mean uh that's no. basketball school right yeah <laughs> yeah hot track, very I, hot. Uh, that's right i uh
0: was it Kansas that had Snoop Dogg a, come in? It was Kansas. I can't remember if that was Kansas or Kansas State. No, it was Kansas. It was, it was Kansas. It yeah, was the Jayhawks. Well, it was. I believe we, we must, we're must we on unity here because I think Texas takes this, and I believe they Yeah,
2: cover. I, think, I think Texas takes care of business.
0: Mm-hmm. And they cover. Here's a fun one yeah. Yeah. Tennessee is going to Tuscaloosa. Bama's favored by 34.5. <laughs> The over-under is a 34.5 in Bama's favor. Uh, 62 is the over-under.
2: Again, that sounds like a big 12 over-under there.
0: Yeah, it does. And the only way way it hits 62 is if Bama scores 62. <laughs> I just don't see Tennessee doing very well against Bama. Not in Tuscaloosa. Not with us. No, I, uh, I,
2: Bama's I, I, very very, Bama's very liable to score 62. They could. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't put it past them. Again, we talked about their wide receiver core. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like they have scrubs running the ball either. No. Uh, I, at home, yeah, I like Bama to cover. I yeah. Mean, I wanted, I want, I really wanted to take Tennessee in the points, but no, yeah. I, I, logical me says Bama's going to cover at home.
0: Bama so. covers easily on this one, I believe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn is going to Arkansas. Auburn is favored by 19.5, the over-under set at 55.
1: I think Does Arkansas, team,
0: huh?
3: Do they
1: still have a team? Yeah, dude,
0: <laughs> they do. They lost to Kentucky yeah. last week. Yeah. But you know what? This is a team oh, yeah. that has nothing to lose.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, like, War Eagle. I like Auburn to cover. Yeah, I like <laughs> Auburn to cover. I don't know you know, whether it's, it's War Eagle or the Plainsman or the Tigers or whatever they are, but yeah. whichever mascot they pull out this weekend, I think they cover. Yeah, yeah they'll be – They'll be putting toilet paper on Timbers' corner. Agreed. And that's right. I
0: think Arkansas gets embarrassed at home. Here's one that's yeah. that's extraordinarily difficult for me because I, have, I know which way I'm going to go, but I want to see what you guys go first, and then I'll change my mind one way or another. <laughs> Oregon is going to Washington. Oregon is favored by three. The over and under is at 50 and a half right now. I expect this line to shift. I expect Oregon to still be it's favored, gonna, but I do expect it to shift to maybe three and a half.
1: It yeah, it's going to turn. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Huskies, man, at home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the Huskies, mm-hmm. so Jacob Easton's going to
2: light it
0: up. Oregon is so good, though. Oregon's pretty
2: good. Oregon's pretty good. Uh, they're not traveling very far. I, I, I'd I like to take uh, Easton and, and the Huskies, mm-hmm. but I'm going to Oregon.
0: Yeah. I really want Jacob Eason to pull this out, so I want to be wrong here, but I got to go with the Ducks. I think the Ducks are yeah. just playing really good football right now.
1: Well, I'm going with Eason. I stick by it. Yeah,
0: stick by him, man. <laughs> uh, LSU. I don't know if they
2: say go dogs, but, you know, go dogs.
0: Yeah, they say go dogs. They actually do. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so confusing because when I see Jacob yeah. Eason saying go dogs, I'm like, yeah, oh, never mind. <laughs> LSU is going to take on. Speaking of dogs, the Bulldogs in Mississippi State. LSU is favored by 19, which I think is way too low, and the over/under is set at 61. LSU easily covers this spread.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. think this is any question. I think no. LSU covers the spread and embarrasses Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, without, I, I really, you know, you've got a team in Mississippi State that even when they haven't had offenses, they've had you know some some pretty prolific defensive players and and more has just got a handful there. He's really going to have a handful on Saturday unless you cover it easily. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I wonder how many Supreme Burritos that Edo's going to have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Would
2: anybody else enjoy listening to him talk as much as I do? I love Edo, man. I, I love it. I love it. I, I don't know that there's a – even if I can't understand him half the time, I don't know that there's a more charismatic coach in the SEC. One, And you know what?
0: <laughs> you, we talk about Kirby Smart being at Georgia, how much he loves Georgia. That man loves LSU. Right. He oh, lo- yeah. loves Absolutely. Louisiana State, baby.
1: Well, you heard, you heard the reporter asking if he could describe himself as a Taco Bell um, meal, what would he describe himself as? And he did say a
0: uh, Burrito Supreme. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not see that. All right. Hey, if, if, here's here's funny too. Go go Google this, and I don't even know how to search it. But somebody asked Mike Leach, like if the literal mascots of the Pac-12 oh, had to I fight each other. Did you see it?
2: I saw it. It was so and, and, and,
0: funny because he put a lot of thought into let this. Let me
2: throw this out here. Let me throw this out here. I love Mike Leach as well. Yeah. I love <laughs> watching Mike Thank Leach, Leach interviewed. I, I really enjoy it. I saw he it. He took about 20 minutes to uh, to really let, to break down. He ran this thing down. Uh, he
0: started out with a sun yeah, devil. He said, well, first of all, we got to figure out what kind of powers a sun devil has. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of mythical powers does he have? Yeah. And it was. It was. And you know what? I'm sitting here thinking, what is a sun? Yeah. What's a sun devil? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm I mean, in. I'm intrigued, Mike. That's so are funny. We, are we going with the tr- Are we going with the tree or the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you <laughs> it is so does, funny.
2: Does
1: the youth
2: Does the youth
1: have a rifle or a spear? That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Are they on a horse? Are they, are they
0: horseback? Yeah. I mean, what do they have?
1: Yeah. Are they Are they trading for a rifle? or Are they trading for <laughs> spears? <or>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. For, for you, those that's listening, don't have an idea what we're talking about. Just Google Mike Leach interviews and just start watching. You, you'll oh, have yeah. a good time yeah. with them. All right, you so, will be entertained. Yeah, the Gators are going to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks, riding high off of their defeat of Georgia last Saturday. Florida's favored by six, and I'm a little confused by that. The over-under set at 48.5. I really expect this line to move up in Florida's favor. Uh, I would think at least by 10. I mean, to me, this seems, this seems like a low line for the way Florida's playing. Well,
1: on. hey, upset alert, babe. Upset alert. You know, the, I, and that's so card.
0: tempting here. I thought about it, but I just – I got – guys, I'll go ahead and tell you, I got to go with Florida to cover this. I, I just don't see Florida struggling with South Carolina. I think South Carolina – this is going to go one of two ways with the game cards. They're going to overplay because they're overconfident or they're actually going to buckle down and continue the success and maybe upset Florida, but –
1: I, I well, don't think I, they're. I don't think they're going to play overconfident, man. I think that they're hungry. I
2: really do. they're, they're at home, and they're. You know, the Roosters going to go off a thousand times. And they're going to play sandstorm a thousand times. And and you know what? If the South Carolina team that played Georgia Saturday shows up, they yeah. get the win. And and I'll tell you, and we talked about Trask earlier. Brom might have had a bad game. Kyle Trask is no Jake from And no. we saw what we saw what that secondary can do for. Uh, for South Carolina, you you mentioned earlier. Florida doesn't have a run game. I'm going with Jason. I'm going up to the
0: third. Wow, really? Okay. Uh, I like it. Corey. I mean, I like if it. we're if we're being honest, all Georgia fans should be South Carolina fans right now from the from this day forward, just so that that yeah. loss looks better. But I, I just I well, can't. But
2: but here's the thing. Here's
0: the thing.
2: Now. Yeah. Do you do you want South Carolina to win out? Well, no, I, I don't because
0: then they got the head to head. So no. There you go. But I would rather well, them lose to someone like Kentucky or, yeah, you know, yeah. we're somebody going else. With, uh,
1: you know, we're going with
2: what our smarticles, you know, tells us to go with. All so right. We that's that? right. I, 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 I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe it's wishful thinking because uh, I dislike the Gators down there in, in that place we don't speak of. You yeah. know, a whole lot more than I dislike South Carolina. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I'm with Jason. I think it's a upset alert in Columbia.
0: All right. I'll take the Gators to cover here. I just think that's what happens. All right, so here's the last one fellers. UGA playing host to Kentucky Wildcats fresh off of a win off of a uh, a new quarterback that's under center who was not a quarterback to start of the season. But UGA's favored by 25 right now. This line has already went up. They were at 24 and a half. We are now at 25. The over/under set at 48. I don't think we're going to I don't think
1: we're going to cover that.
0: I do. I, I, uh, I think we'll cover
2: I will say this, you know, uh, we we have the same issue going on that uh, South Carolina came in with when Holinsky went down. Mm-hmm. You've got a wide receiver turned quarterback. Uh, Georgia pitched a shutout against the wide receiver turned quarterback in the uh, in the regulation. So I think uh, I think Georgia gets a win, and I think they cover. I yeah, think, I think they uh, cover. I think anybody that's ever heard a Kirby Smart halftime speech, which I have not, unfortunately, I'd probably run through a brick wall. Yeah. But uh I think anybody that's ever heard of Kirby Smart at speech would know what comes next after this loss. Oh yeah. And uh and I think I think Georgia covers it. Derek home again. I think,
1: I think Georgia I think Georgia's gonna pull it out. Um however, um we have not really had great success on these uh running mobile quarterbacks. Um uh except for Tua you know we did we did kind of shut him down but then you know, and Ian Book in, yeah Ian Book we did contain him um but
2: uh this guy's a lot faster than Ian Book um yeah but I don't, but I don't how, think that I don't think that he's quite the quarterback that Ian Book no. is otherwise yeah, he would have been playing quarterback and not receiver and see, that's, that's the thing that's that's, it that's, I don't I don't yeah. know I don't know how well he can throw right. the ball um
1: uh,
0: What you're going to see is Georgia's defense start at the box to take that run away from Lynn Bowden, and they're going to force him to throw, and it's going to yeah, and that's why I say this is where this is where we see Georgia's coming out party. This is where we see Georgia actually wreaking havoc on defense, creating some of those plays that get us defensive scores, as well as you're going to see some iron out on the offense, and maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think uh, I'm
2: I'm with you, Hunter. I think. uh, I think, you know, Kirby's gonna have to come out and change some things. Either, you know, he knows uh, that. Let uh, let off the rain, Let Coley do his thing. You stick to the defense because his defense really is, guys. His defense play, playing is playing at an elite level. Uh, you take away those turnovers, it, it's a different ball game. You can't win a ball game at any level of football with four turnovers. No, and, uh, can,
0: especially in the and, SEC. And, and
2: and you know that defense was on the field a lot, and they still they still held their own. Yeah. Uh, stick to the defense, Kirby. Let Coley do what you're paying him a million dollars for.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, you, and, can, uh, you,
2: can, you
1: can win with four turnovers, and this is the argument <laughs> that I've a guy. You can win with four turnovers because Florida did it just a few <laughs> weeks ago they also But
0: they also, comm- but they also the had four takeaways the, on defense.
1: The kicker in that, yeah, the kicker in that is Auburn also turned the ball in four times. Yeah. <laughs> well, there <you> go. Speaking <laughs> like
0: of that. kickers, and Hot Rod, I believe, I believe he's going to be just fine. Yeah. We rattled him a little yeah. bit. Uh,
2: back, back to what Jason said real quick. How about this? I'll, I'll, I'll retract my statement and say this. You can't uh, – You can't win a ball game when you're minus four on turnovers. How about that? No, you can't. There you go. There you go. You (laughs) You can't do it. You're minus margin of four. You can't win. That's 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 better. That's better. Now if there's eight turnovers in the game, I guess you can win with four. Somebody's gotta win. (laughs) Hey, that's an ugly game, but and
1: somebody does have to come out on top.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot real quick. Who, who has been the most surprising team this season, 2019? It doesn't have to be an obvious pick. It, it doesn't have to be somebody who's like a dark horse right now, like SMU or something, you know, even though they're ranked right now. Um, but a team that you kind of – and I, I'm speaking because I have one in my brain, and this is the reason I'm saying it the way I'm saying it. A team that every year has these lofty expectations and just never really seems to get to where they're trying to go. But I think that team is actually doing that this year.
2: I kind of know where you're going with this, and I don't really
0: like where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe not. I'm Because th- I'm thinking Penn State has really surprised me.
2: Well, Penn State would have been mine. I thought you were going to go with Ohio State, and I was not going to be very no, happy. I, I'm not surprised. About
0: that a bit. I'm not surprised by no. Ohio State, and i tell you why. Because Ryan Day, if you look at what he does with offenses, he's amazing. And then you take Justin Fields and you look at – you know, the running backs they always have, the wide receivers they always have. And here's the thing with Justin Fields and, and Ohio State. These Ohio State wide receivers get so much separation. I mean... Oh, yeah. The,
2: the, the, yeah. Win, the windows he's throwing to are all, all the windows. Over. They're more like, you know, two-car yeah. garages.
0: Yeah. So, I'm not overly surprised by Ohio State. I'm, I'm more surprised by Penn State because it's just every year Penn State's, oh, yep, this is it. James Franklin's got it figured out. And then he just he never does. This year, it seems like maybe he's legit. You've to figure it out.
2: You know, I said earlier, uh, I said earlier that I, I'm, I'm a believer in Penn State. I, uh, I don't know, you know, national title contender. I think they could definitely get to the playoffs. I mm-hmm. think that they have a legit shot at the Big Ten for sure.
0: Yeah, I do too, sure. and I think the Penn State-Ohio State Ohio State matchup is going to be really fun.
2: I will tell too.
1: you, I will tell you who who surprised me, um, and I, I the team. I don't guess the team necessarily surprised me. It's how well everything gelled with them is Oklahoma, yeah. Which, yeah. With with Jalen Hurts, when Jalen Hurts coming in and everything, yeah. I mean, it's just like he he'd been there for all four years. I'm more surprised at their
0: defense. For, for uh, yeah, for and they whatever. actually they
2: actually <laughs> do have some they they do have some defense here. Yeah, this year, which yeah. I I guess you know if you get two stops a game, you know that's defense in the Big Twelve. In the Big 12. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. it is. Sorry, yeah. Big Twelve fans, but uh.
0: Oh, yeah. We got a load of those. We got a load of those. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, man. You, I
2: think I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the team that I, that I think is underperforming. I, uh, the surprise for me is Clemson. I, uh, yeah. I know they don't have a loss on their record yet, but, man, man, are they uh, just scraping by. Yeah. In a, re- in a really, really, really weak division.
0: Yeah, a very watered-down yeah, I, division. Very, very yeah, watered-down.
2: Uh, so that's my, uh, that's, that's my surprise team. It's, it's not a good surprise, but a bad surprise.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so we're about to close out. Uh, Corey, thank you, man. Enjoyed having you on. Hopefully Absolutely, this becomes yeah. a regular deal. Yeah. I can't wait to get all yeah. four cast members together and, and do this. Absolutely. Uh, quick reminder to you listeners, November 2nd, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, that is the Georgia-Florida game, 330, will be on CBS. We are going to be at 111. Beach Boulevard and Jacksonville Beach at Sneater's Bar and Grill. So please, please come and hang out with us. We'll be there all day long. We'll be set up in the restaurant. This place is fantastic. TVs everywhere, screens everywhere, top shelf uh, liquor, the best beers you can think of, wonderful food, wonderful wait staff. Come check us out. Again, 111 Beach Boulevard, Jacksonville Beach, November 2nd. We will be there. Hopefully you will be too. JT, I'm looking forward to it. How about you?
1: man i am so excited about it I, I can't wait to have some beers with uh my compadres here and uh you know uh, if anybody wants to come party with us i mean hey what better place you
2: know yeah what
0: hopefully hopefully we can get cory down there with us have you ever been to right, sneakers
2: i have not i have not oh, uh, and i man. will be in jacksonville november 2nd and well, I, I do like and i'd like to point out to your listeners that uh he said it correctly. It's the Georgia Florida
0: game. Yes, it is the Georgia Florida game. And it's not the <laughs> yeah. You remember a few years back when they tried they change the whole world's largest outdoor cocktail party. To, what was it? The River Rivalry or something weird. Yeah.
2: St. John's yeah, River Rivalry or something I like that, I or St. So, Mary's River Rivalry.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm having a stroke as I'm trying to say that, and I can't get it out.
2: Yeah, you know, the the PC police said we can't say World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party. Well, we'll just still call it the,
0: the Party in Jacksonville. That lasted right, for that? that one season, and it went away. There, yeah. whatever. This huh. isn't going to work. So, anyway, so yeah. good. Maybe we'll get Corey down there. You can meet all of us on the show, and we'd love to meet you, talk some Georgia-Florida football, and just have a good time with football in general. We really appreciate it, Corey. Tell the people goodbye.
2: All right, I appreciate you guys asking me on and uh and I hope to be back and uh again. Come oh
0: yeah. We'll have, we'll definitely have you back on for sure. You you are now an official dropout. JT, what you got, buddy?
1: <laughs> hey man, I am uh I'm ready. I'm I'm sad that the season is going by so fast. Yep. Um but hey, you know, we're getting close we we're, we're, we're also, you know, getting some ideas on how these teams are going to gonna fare towards the home stretch here. Um, and uh, ours, you know, we took a hard loss the other day, but hopefully uh, it, it gets a little motivation to, to start playing football. And, hopefully. Uh, you know, because uh, I, I would love to, uh, I'd love to party on a W in, in Jacksonville for sure. Well, we'll
0: hope Absolutely. that happens. we we'll hope that happens. Well, guys, we sure appreciate but, uh, you listening and dropping in here on the dropouts. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. See you next time. Love and light. God bless. Go, dogs.